Hey, 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 what's going on? It's your man, Uncle Dub. This is episode 53 of the Sports Wagon Podcast coming at you on this not too cold Saturday afternoon. A um, lot going on as far as uh, basketball. Um, it's uh, Super Bowl Eve, so I'll kind of talk a little bit about Super Bowl. I've kind of talked, you know, pieces here and there uh, throughout. There are a lot of um, uh, stories that are kind of side stories to the uh, uh, to the big game. Uh, the latest Andy Reid's son was involved in a, a car accident. Um, the latest report is he will travel with the team or he is with the team uh, in, in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl. But again, you know, uh, it's um, glad that, you know, things um, are OK. My understanding of the story, um, you know, there were two. Uh, two kids were injured. So, you know, I'm just glad everyone is okay. But nevertheless, you know, a, you know, a, a, another story that is, you know, outside of what's happening in Tampa Bay, but, you know, a serious story, because again, um, we want to kind of be, we we basically just want to say that, you know, sports is not the end all be all. And um, it really shouldn't be considering that we're playing in the middle of a pandemic and it'll kind of, touch on that a little bit more in just a second. Um, so I want to run down a few things, but I do want to get to more stuff about COVID. Um, real quick, this past Wednesday was the uh, National Signing Day uh, across college sports. So again, the big focus is usually college football, then college basketball kind of comes into play. But again, across all college sports, it was National Signing Day. So your top 10 teams for your National Signing Day uh, Alabama, so their number one recruiting class nationwide, and of course in the SEC. Uh, many people are saying that this is probably Nick Saban's best recruiting class. So let's kind of extrapolate that out for two to three years from now. So I mean, he's going to come in with a team that a lot of people are going to think going to be number one uh, going into the into this upcoming football season. But now, when you bring in three five star recruits, thirteen top one hundred uh, 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 prospects. Um, you know, guys who will either make an early impact or will somehow impact this program at some point, considering with the talent they have. I mean, you know, Saban's going to be in this for for a while. I mean, um, you know, when is he going to walk away from this? (laughs) I mean, you know, it will happen, but some people are probably thinking never, but we we know that's kind of silly to say that. Um, From Alabama will go to Ohio State. So they had the top recruiting class in the Big Ten. After them is Georgia. Georgia's the third, uh, th- number three team nationwide. They're the second uh, team in SEC as far as recruiting class is concerned, followed by Clemson, who had the top recruiting class in the ACC. Um, Oregon. Oregon had the top recruiting class in the Pac 12. And this is their highest ranked class in 10 years. So Mario Cristobal is really getting things heated up a little bit more in Oregon after getting, you know, the opportunity to be the head coach after uh, Willie Taggart left for Florida State. Um, Texas A&M, they made a big jump into the top 10. They're the third best class in the SEC. They're number six overall, followed by LSU, who's the fourth best class in the SEC. Uh, the second best class in Pac-12 is at number eight, that'd be USC. So again, you know, there's still the talk about Clay Helton, you know, is he worthy enough to be the USC coach? I mean, when you look at the season that USC had, because there were games I'm going, okay, you would think USC is going to win this game. And then there are some games that were closer than they should have been. And there are games that they lost. So bringing in these levels of recruits, you know, you think, okay, is our things going to, the tide going to start to turn 
uh, at USC. A lot of people are hoping so, but you know, only time will tell. But 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 at the same time too, because of the culture we live in, that people want you know winners right away. I mean, Clay Helton's been there for a number of years, and um, he's had not some some not so great years. He's you know been fairly steady, but there haven't been really great years. But you think about USC, you know, the championships, the Heisman Trophy winners the tradition, the Pac-12 championships. So people are, I can understand why they're very, you know, antsy about USC not being where they quote should be, but it's a process. And I think it, unless they just have a disastrous season, I don't think Clay Helton should be fired. But again, uh, stranger things have happened uh, as far as college coaches and, and teams are concerned. Uh, rounding out the top 10, Notre Dame, who is now independent again. Uh, so they were listed as the number one independent team. I'm trying to think who in the heck else is independent in uh, uh, the FBS. Have no idea. I don't care. I'm not going to look it up. And number 10, rounding out the top 10 is Florida. They have the fifth best uh, recruiting class in the SEC. And it's their third consecutive top 10 class uh, with Dan Mullen as head coach. So it's going to be interesting to see how these recruits play into, you know, who's returning, the recruits that they get in, how that's all going to play into ESPN's quote, way too early top 25. So I haven't had a chance to really go through that, but I do want to kind of see when they'll update it and kind of say, okay, you know, let's have fun with this. Who's, who's projected to be where? And you can probably imagine that these top, five teams, at least the top, maybe top three or four teams here, maybe five who are currently the top recruiting classes, have the top recruiting classes, uh, will probably be somewhere in the top 10 as far as this way too early top 25, but we'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, let's switch gears and talk a little bit of Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball, spring training is on schedule to start in about a week from now, well, 10 days, week, 10 days from now, 10 days specifically. Pitchers and catchers are to report on uh, 16th of February. The Major League Baseball Players Association rejected a proposal to delay the, to delay the start of spring training. So if they were to do that, delaying spring training would have delayed the season by at least one month. So spring training is on schedule to go forward. Now, living in COVID times, that is going to be contingent on a number of things. Number one, because most of the teams are either Florida or Arizona, most teams Florida, it will be contingent on their COVID numbers. So if the COVID numbers remain relatively stable or if there are spikes, then how will local governments, how will state governments react to this? So if additional restrictions are put in place, then that will more likely push Major League Baseball to restrict spring training and games and such. So that could potentially cause a delay. Um, currently, the players and the union, they need to approve the plan from last summer for testing, for safety, and what to do when there's a positive result. So there are already all these plans in place. Um, I don't know if there's been any changes to these protocols, but the players just need to say, we're good with these, and then those plans will move forward and be rolled over into the season. So as of right now, with all that being said, the season is scheduled to start on the 1st of April. Again, unless numbers with the pandemic change, then again, that could slide things, you know, for, more likely forward. So they will probably push things up to kind of counter um, is issues with the pandemics. 
teams. So teams will have to submit a fan attendance plan to Major League Baseball. Um, so far, Tampa Bay, they plan to have approximately 7,000 fans in the stands for opening day. Um, spring training already. Spring training, we know, will have limited fans that can uh, attend. So many teams, uh, eight teams thus far, have plans for fans. So some teams have already stated to Major League Baseball that they're going to have a certain capacity. Other teams have tickets on sale. Uh, more than likely, their plans have not been submitted to Major League Baseball. The other thing that was at issue was expanding the playoffs. Now, I think I told you how much I enjoyed the expanded playoffs in Major League Baseball. But due to um, the current plan that the season is starting on time, the playoffs will not be expanded unless the season is shortened or delayed. So best case scenario this season will move forward with not a lot of delays, not a lot of COVID number, not a lot of COVID tests, uh, COVID positives, but let's keep it a hundred. That's probably not going to happen. So we're probably going to see if we're seeing delays in college football, we're seeing delays in college basketball where games are getting pushed back, rescheduled. We're going to see this happening in major league baseball without question. So I really think that um, something's going to happen as much as the players don't want there to be an expanded playoffs. I think, that is going to happen and you know we'll just have to kind of play it as it goes um before we kind of delve into nba a little bit um i haven't really talked a lot of nba lately um oh gosh i think i've been watching uh, as you can tell a lot of college basketball catch an nba game here and there it's like either by the time a game sometimes games start so early in the evening i'm i'm either working or into other things and of course the late games come on and some great late games but i might catch a half here a quarter there or just turn on the tv and you know nba is watching me <laughs> you know so but but there are some issues that are coming up with the nba that i want to talk about however let's do an update on uh something that has been i've talked about on a few episodes here so senator chris murphy of connecticut he introduced his name likeness and image bill or nil bill in the senate a couple days ago um, so his bill is co-authored with Representative Lori Trahan of Massachusetts. So in his version of the bill, because there are several versions out there, his version, players can be paid off NIL, name likeness and name likeness and image. It allows for players to organize on the collective representation to sell their licensing as a group. So this is really, as I talked about in the last episode, this is good timing due to the EA Sports talking about bringing back college football. So I think Senator Murphy wanted that in the bill to allow for EA as they continue, as they begin to uh, the process of starting this game, you know, getting it back on, they will have the ability to have actual players in the game and they can uh, organize and make money off uh, name, likeness and image. Um, now, because of everything that's going on in the Senate right now. So again, you've got, uh, you know, the COVID relief bill, impeachment is going to start in a couple of days. Um, you know, there's so many other things that are, are important or in, of importance right now that they won't get to this bill anytime soon. So there have been a number of states like Florida and California. So as a matter of fact, Florida's bill will go into effect on the 1st of July. Those state laws will go into effect. So state laws will 
take the place of this until Congress can get to a point to where they can um, deal with these bills. However, three more bills have been proposed. So a couple of them are bipartisan. There are a few that are Republican introduced. I think Marco Rubio and I forget the other senator, they introduced a similar bill with some with some modifications. So, for example, their bill is a little bit more restrictive. And it kind of shows you the difference between the Democratic solution than the Republican solution. But all in all, you know, I think, again, this will be a big victory once these bills are uh, passed. I mean, it's great they're they're even being considered. So this kind of shows you that although our democracy in some ways, well, in many ways, works for the few, when we do vote, when we when our voice is heard, when we can put in a group of people who actually at least it appears outwardly that they are for the people. Look at what look, look what can get done. So we might get an NIL bill, which will help out these these young people. Um, heck, we might get D.C. statehood. I mean, D.C. statehood. I mean, since D.C. had you know, we know how long D.C. has been wanting to be a state. But there's just been so much, you know, stripping away of that opportunity, and and because po- politics has become has become so partisan that you know there was probably very little chance that I mean zero chance is going to happen under the the last um, the last I don't want to call him administration I call him a regime under the regime that was just voted out of office. Um, but now that you actually have an administration, you actually have adults in charge and people who want to do the right thing or at least, you know, try to. Because, again, you know, you know, democracy, again, as I said, it works for whoever it works for. You know, most things that we thought were not going to be possible is possible. And that is a fantastic feeling uh, when you really think about it. All right, so when I come back, I'll talk a little bit about the NBA. Um, mo- this is more so off the court. And then we'll look at Super Bowl. So we'll end up talking about the Super Bowl. And I'll end with a bit of a public service announcement from me to you. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back. So I hope you can hear me okay. Thought I'd go out for a little drive. So you get to experience the uh, organic essence or the true nature of this podcast. So if you're listening for the first time, uh, the Sports Wagon podcast was named after my car, which I'm technically not in my car right now. But uh, I was recording this podcast uh, during uh, rush hour. So either going to work or coming home from work um, in my Volkswagen. So it's a Jetta Sport Wagon. So there you go. And, you know, you can kind of make other connotations about sports wagons jumping on and off, whatever. Um, that's kind of a little bit of the, the weird play on words as far as the name of the show is concerned. But now with COVID, I work from home, so I kind of have a nice little space. I sit at a desk. I have my notes in front of me. Uh, so I kind of took a little notepad and, uh, sorry, st- post-it note rather, and put on my notes for the second half of the show. So uh, in this half of the show, I, I definitely want to talk about Super Bowl and, and some kind of some things along with that. But let's talk a little NBA. So with the NBA, uh, some, some, some kind of funny, weird, some kind of serious uh, right now. Uh, so as you all have heard by now, LeBron James had a, uh, a, a, uh, some kind of a 
word for word or some words with a fan. Uh, so some guy decided to say some things to LeBron uh, courtside in Atlanta. And my understanding, this guy, he's um, he's kind of been stalking LeBron. Not so stalking, but he's kind of been a, a like a big-time LeBron hater for some time. And I guess either he went to Atlanta to have words with him or he lived there. I don't know the whole story. But, you know, LeBron told the guy to pipe down, whatever. His wife got into it. She went on Instagram with a full rant. You know, LeBron was basically like, whatever. You know, they got kicked out of the game. Uh, got out of the arena, rather. Uh, LeBron, at the end, you know, was asked about it. He kind of shrugged it off, laughed a little bit. Didn't think they should have been kicked out of the arena. But I disagree. Um, you know, we're really in this period of time where, you know, f- fandom has really gone to, like, new and weird heights. You know, fans really feel like that they just can do anything, and I don't know how much effect social media has on that, but, you know, you know, this lady, you know, she's standing up to defend her husband when, okay, I understand you're defending your husband, but, you know, he was dead wrong. Let, let's, let's go and keep that 100. You know, you're just going to ch- chirp at a guy who's much bigger than you. I, I don't know how big this guy is, but let's, gonna, let's assume here that LeBron has the size advantage. And, you know, say anything you want just because you spent $10,000 on a freaking seat, which, you know, if I had that kind of money, would I spend $10,000 sit courtside? Eh, I don't know. Probably not. Um, but nevertheless, you know, they should have been kicked out. Plus, we are also in COVID time. So with this issue, um, and, and of course, it's Georgia. So we know that, you know, the, uh, the current governor of Georgia isn't a big fan of, you know, doing what is necessary to reduce the transmission as far as COVID is concerned. So the fans had to wear masks, but at the time, you know, both the man and the woman were not wearing masks and they were, you know, saying what they wanted to say to LeBron. So I say to the folks uh, in Atlanta, hey, I applaud what you did. I I think there should be more action because, you know, it's one thing if you, you know, you're sitting courtside and you might, you know, have a funny moment. LeBron's had plenty of funny moments on the sidelines where he, you know, I think he had the, the, the issue, I think it was in Portland with the, the lady who was um, uh, selling drinks and he accidentally hit her with a ball or something. And, you know, they took a selfie and, you know, I think they he sent her an autograph or something, whatever. I mean, those those are, I, I agree, those are good moments. I think that's good for the fans, you know, if you have the exposure. Because the other problem is the regular everyday fan doesn't get to sit that close and interact with, uh, with players. So, you know, however you want to look at it, um, I just think that's wrong. And we've seen these issues with the NBA in places like Utah. I mean, unfortunately, Utah is just infamous for all these incidents, you know, and this and this isn't recent. This is in over the last 15 to 20 years, you know, uh, players go to Utah and these fans just say anything and everything they want to them with no recourse. And I think there should be more recourse. I mean, whether they said something, you know, uh, insulting, racially charged or not, I just don't think you have that right to sit in front and, you know, ex- you know, you're paying the money. That's great. But you can't act like, oh, well, I paid the money. I get to do what I want. No, you don't. There are still rules to this game. And I don't think you should have that right to abuse players. And then you may feel like just because, you know, to, to you as a fan, their entertainment. I just I disagree with that. Uh, that just just doing that. that. That's not right. So kudos to the folks in Atlanta. I kind of hope there's more action in this. You know, hey, ban them for, I mean, it wasn't a serious incident. I'd say, hell, ban them for a year. You know, let them think about it. 
and then let them get their act together and decide if they want to, uh, you know, be people who, you know, have have means, but they want to act like they have some sense. Because as we know, money doesn't always buy class. Um, the other issue of the NBA is the All-Star Game. So uh, a number of players, I know De'Aaron Fox is one of the first players to speak out, LeBron, Giannis, a number of names have now come to the forefront about the All-Star Game. So the word is the NBA is close to um, having a signing an agreement that the All-Star Game will go on in March. And again, we're dealing with COVID. How are you going to, number one, have an all-star game, and speaking of Atlanta again, in a city that will let fans in, but it's not just the game. It's the dunk contest, it's the three-point contest, it's the skills challenge, it's the rookie games. It's all the parties and all of the different events that are surrounding the all-star game. And the NBA is like, oh, hey, let's go ahead and have it. So you're saying to me that you know the, the league that took a chance on the bubble, did such a great job in keeping players safe. Now you're going to be like, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. Hey, let's go and have the all-star game. Why not? What's it going to hurt? Well, <laughs> again, I say this, the important word of transmission. It's all about transmission that, you know, you're going to get so ever, so however many thousands of fans in the arena and there's still the potential because you know that there will be some people who aren't going to wear their masks, who are going to be non-compliant and even if they're not in the arena, what about going to parties and clubs? And I mean, is it me or does this sound like a terrible idea? So I put up a poll on Twitter and the vast majority of you who answered, I appreciate you answering the poll. And I had a couple of entries on Instagram and many of you disagreed. I mean, you agreed that the NBA should not have an all-star game. And I totally think that this is appropriate. I mean, you know, we are living in not regular times. I mean, if, you know, there were no COVID or had COVID been dealt with appropriately, maybe we'd be in a situation to where maybe this year we would have no all-star game and maybe next year we could get back to life as normal. But, you know, it's no telling when life will be normal again. So I think it would be appropriate to do what's necessary to again and and we're going to hear the and you're going to hear the word transmission several times in this part of the show but I think it would be very appropriate that we do the things necessary to keep transmission to a minimum and not not having all-star game is the best way but we know why we're playing in the pandemic because you know the NBA they're hurting they're hurting from having to you know cancel last season they're probably thinking the All-Star Game would be a great way to recuperate some of their losses. So, I mean, I get it, but here we are. The argument that most people make that, you know, and when we talk about sports, it's about the money is worth more than the lives of these athletes that most people see as, um, you know, entertainment, or they don't see them as people with brains and with families and with emotions and people who could get sick if exposed to the wrong person. So um, I hope the NBA rethinks this because this would really make the NBA look bad considering all the things they've done uh, in this pandemic. I mean, they didn't want to do bubbles this time around. That was kind of a very telling sign. They said, you know, some places will play without fans. I mean, it all depends upon the, the different regulations of different areas. However, um, now we're in a situation where this has come to the forefront and 
we have to make a command decision. And the command decision, in my opinion, should be to forego the All-Star game, at least for this year. Maybe next year. Maybe. But that's a strong maybe. Because the other thing that I'm seeing with this COVID issue is people are hearing and seeing that the vaccine is out. Some people are getting the vaccine and people are thinking the vaccine is the end all be all. And that is not the case. The vaccine is only a small uh, sliver of the solution to this problem. So the vaccine is only going to get us but so far. Beyond the vaccine, again, transmission. We have to get the transmissibility of this virus down to a minimum. And with the, um, the variants out there, that's really going to make this slightly difficult, especially if people are not being compliant, social distancing, staying home when necessary and wearing their masks, whether either by choice, choice or by by law or by statute. So um, this is going to be something I think is going to be developing. But I really hope the NBA you know, really takes a second look at this and start to think about the implications and the ramifications of this decision. Um, let's get to the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl is wild to me because um, I've been really looking at this and um, I'm going I'm going to take the Chiefs again. I, I, I said last year the Chiefs, after they, I predicted them to win the Super Bowl last year. I said that, you know, here's a chance for them to start a dynasty. And I really believe they can. Um, but again, obviously, they're going against Tom Brady who, you know, is the, you know, the king, you know, the, the goat, as everyone is calling him. And here's my issue with my pick. I'm going with my pick. My pick is my pick. But if you have time, go look this up because this is probably the funniest thing I heard all week. But um, during a interview on Press Row at Radio Row at uh, the Super Bowl this past week, um, former Tampa Bay cornerback Dwight Smith was interviewed by a local radio station. And he proceeded to say in not so many minced words that the Super Bowl is rigged. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? But you have to listen to the whole interview because as he's talking to these guys, he's telling them, you know, okay, Super Bowl's rigged. When they played the Raiders, they knew they were going to play the Raiders. It was set up that they knew all their plays before everything went down. And the NFL rigs the Super Bowl essentially because it's based on what Vegas wants. And all that is interesting information. And I kind of, you know, kind of people joke about conspiracy theories in the NFL. And I kind of, I've seen some tweets where people show, here's this year's schedule. This is about five years ago. And then they show a schedule next to it with, oh, here's who's going to win all the games this year. And I'm going, wait, what the hell's happening? So anyway, Dwight Smith goes on to tell the story and they're asking him questions. They're prodding him. And he says this and they keep prodding him. So the reaction of the interviewers is the most hilarious thing ever. But as you're listening to it, he doesn't sound crazy. Everything he's saying, it makes so much flipping sense that you're going to be like, wait, so everything I thought about the Super Bowl is not true. Mm, yes, that's what we're saying here. So Every conspiracy theory you hear about the NFL, I think is probably about 97% true. But find that interview, uh, you know, listen to it, tell me what you think. You know, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. But but it, it was just sheer hilarity. I heard pieces of it on another podcast, and I was just in stitches, just laughing at this. And the, the host of the other podcast was just going, 
you gotta give him you gotta give him credit it makes sense what he's saying and i'm going it absolutely does and i am just too through um before i get out of here um want to also say um kind of tagging on to the all-star game things the nba has given directives to teams i mean kind of they want an all-star game but they're giving directives to teams to tell their players don't go to super bowl parties ladies and gentlemen my psa for you is this stay home don't go to Super Bowl parties. I was listening to NPR this morning. They were talking to people in Kansas City who traditionally have Super Bowl parties and more so in the last you know year or two because of the, the Chiefs. But I'm going to tell you guys, it's not worth it. Stay home. Enjoy your home. You know, make a big smorgasbord and just enjoy it. Please stay home. Please be safe. The CDC is recommending that people stay home. They're thinking the Super Bowl is going to be the next spike in this thing. And if you get the the variant, the variant is more highly transmissible, transmissible than the original COVID. So guys, please, 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 please enjoy the Super Bowl and safety of your own home, but just don't do it. It's not smart. We're gonna get out of this thing. It's just gonna take a little bit longer than most people will realize. Um, before I head out of here, I wanna hit you with the college basketball scores for Saturday night uh, from top 25. Um, just some of the scores, Virginia, 14, number 14, Virginia beats Pittsburgh by 7, 73-66. Uh, number 9, Oklahoma over Iowa State, 79-72. In an upset, Missouri, number 18, beats number 10, Alabama. So they break their SEC uh, string of, of, of wins. So Alabama was going for that whole uh, undefeated season. And I saw Coach Nate Oates on the sidelines, and he was wearing that uh, uh, plaid jacket. I want to say he's channeling Wimp Sanderson, so the longtime former Alabama head coach. I got to look that up, but I believe Wimp wore plaid jacket, so I think that's the, the, the whole vibe he was going for, which kind of led me to think, what is up with Alabama coaches in loud patterns? You know, you got the houndstooth hat with, with Bear Bryant. You got Wimp Sanderson wearing the, 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 the loud jackets. Now Nate Oates is channeling that. I love it. It's great, but it just took me back to a time where I'm going, wow. I remember when that was a thing. Uh, number fourteen, number sixteen, Virginia Tech. Rather, they survived over Miami in overtime, eighty-seven six uh, in Coral Gables. Uh, number twelve, Illinois uh, beat uh, Wisconsin seventy-five sixty. Um, Houston runs over uh, the Our Lady. I don't know the name of the whole school, but it's one twelve forty-six. Number six, Texas is upset by uh, Oklahoma State seventy-five sixty-seven. I'm still buying Texas. They're just hitting some, some bumps in the road here in the Big 12. I believe they're still holding on to second place, but probably by a string at this point. Uh, Texas Tech, number 13. I think they are third place in the Big 12. They beat Kansas State 73-62. Uh, Purdue over Northwestern, 75-70. Um, number 15, Creighton by three over Marquette, 71-68. And Tennessee beats Kentucky by 11. And poor Kentucky. They are just having a rough season. But... You know, Calipari will live again. This is one bad season out of many because we know, you know, Duke and North Carolina, they're not having, you know, the greatest seasons ever uh, for them. They're, they're collectively, uh, they, they played last night. North Carolina won that game. Um, and USC, I believe in North Carolina, let me check the score. I believe you in North Carolina won that. Think about it. And uh, USC uh, upsets number 20 on UCLA, 66-48. Uh, to 48. And the UNC score, uh, give it to me, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, yeah, North Carolina, 91 to 87. So a closer game than many expected. 
uh, on the women's side in the top 25 from yesterday. So I'm actually recording this later on a um, uh, next day. is now it's now officially Sunday. Um, Texas uh, Texas loses to West Virginia 81-75, and Oregon beats uh, UC Davis 63-57, number 12, Oregon. So that's all I have for the second half of the show, but I really, really want to emphasize to you guys, please, 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 enjoy the Super Bowl, enjoy the day, but stay home, stay safe, wear your mask, be protected, and I hope to hit you guys back again on Monday. Until then, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. And say hi to me. Uh, hit me with a comment. I also have a, um, a voicemail line on my anchor. Hit me up there. But nevertheless, whatever you do, enjoy the day, enjoy the big game, and I'll holla. <laughs>